Hello, everybody, indeed. Welcome to the Metaverse Podcast. This is episode 54, our first of the spring 2015 anime season. I am Jero, and Overcooled is here with me. Hey, everyone. With Metaverse this season, we're going to be doing something a little different. I'm going to be hosting the show weekly, trying to keep up with the current releases of anime. We're going to be doing news, views on recent airing episodes. And then we'll have a discussion topic, kind of editorial-like in a way, sort of a free-form discussion about whatever in anime. doesn't have to be current episodes or whatever. And I'm looking to keep the show's length fairly short, so that's why it's just overcooled with me today. I'll be cycling through the Metanorn team, of course, so uh, it should be good this season. I'm the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, you're the, you're the uh, test pattern for me. <laughs> uh, so let's get into the news this week. Our first story is about Chihaya Furu. There is going to be an announcement coming up in one of the magazines that it is published in. The expectation that I have and some on Metanorn have, uh, I know the Kyokai team is hoping for this, is a season free of Chihaya Furu. I've, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of good amount of manga content to adapt from into a third season and I don't know, the first two seasons are just so fun and so uh, enjoyable that I would love to see more. Mm-hmm. Uh, second story, Gargantia season two was scrapped. There was never any sort of official word that I remembered about the idea of Gargantia getting a second season. We had seen two or three or four OVAs that had come out ever since season one completed but it seems like at this point it's been scrapped in favor of doing a prequel novel to the series so my reaction to this is that I'm not really disappointed in this because Mm. Gargantia was just an okay show It, it got a lot of pub of course on you know anime blogs and stuff because you know Urobochi Gen was involved and he started it and the series had some interesting elements to it. There is some potential there that I think you know, was missed in parts, but uh, I'm not exactly sad that there's not going to be a second season. I'm not surprised that they went for the novel either. Cause this, I think it went a little downhill once Earl Butcher, which was, he was basically the mm-hmm. draw-in for people to watch it. And he only directed, I think, maybe the first, episode maybe two episodes in total Mm -hmm. so i'm not surprised they went for a novel instead of another season directed by someone else Mm -hmm. yeah i hope that trend stops with butcher in starting something and not finishing it me too i want him to direct an entire anime because i know he did the same with al noah and that that became interesting train wreck Mm -hmm. yeah uh, Gundam Build Fighters and Gundam Build Fighters Try are going to be getting OVAs. The Try series just completed, and people like Fosh and I would definitely hope for another season. You know, maybe at some point down the road, but for now, these OVAs are going to be fun, especially for the original Build Fighters because that series is about a couple years old now, and you know, it's been a while since we've seen Say and Reiji. We've heard quite a bit about them from watching Gun to Build Fighters try, you know, they were very, uh, especially Say was very indirectly involved at the end of try. So I'm looking forward to these OVAs. 
And Funimation, our last news, they launched a PS4 app. So it used to be the you know they're on phones and tablets and such, and they were on PS3, but now they've gone up to the current generation of console gaming. And as a person who's watched stuff on the Funimation app, it's pretty nice. It works as it should. And as Funimation, they had a pretty good winter anime season. They really picked up some good shows like Rolling Girls, Assassination Classroom, uh, Tokyo Ghoul Route A, and some more. So I'm, you know, as they bring this to the PS4 now, it'll be, you know, much nicer for for people that have that uh, another way to watch anime on the console, which is just about the only way I watch anime anymore. It's very difficult to, oh wow, you know, download a, well, I mean, it's, that sounds ridiculous to say it's down difficult to download a tour. I mean, it's very easy, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think, I think it's just more convenient to, you know, have these, you know, boxes that are very much like media centers for me, especially as an anime fan. Yeah. It does everything for you. You can just have, keep going to that one thing. Mm-hmm. And play games too sometimes <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's been our news we're going to get into our episodes now you probably saw in the album art what episodes uh, what shows we're going to be talking about so with this segment of the podcast going forward for the spring season we're going to stay as current as possible so if you see an episode if you see fate stay night in one of these images do be careful because we're going to be talking about the current episode of that show so there's going to be spoilers there. I'll put in some timestamps on the show notes. So if you're thinking, you know, I want to hear what they said about show A and B, but, you know, I'll skip Fate Stay Night because I haven't watched that one yet. You can kind of skip through on your iPod or whatever for the uh, timestamps. And first up is Shokugeki no Soma, episode one. I've been a manga fan for a while of this series, and... I actually have to say to you, Overcooled, you had did a Dragon's Crown post a long time ago about the food in that series. Yes, I did. And I don't know if you ever saw it because I commented kind of like long after the fact is that I recommended this manga to you because of all of the food stuff that they do in this show. And while a lot of people are going to look at, oh, you know, they made a girl like ripped off all of her clothes just in <laughs> sheer joy at the amount of food you also see in this episode the amount of detail that goes into the preparation of the food and you're going to see a lot more of that in this series and i think that's for, for while the the etchy stuff is definitely a big attraction because the original artist of the manga has done hentai before mm-hmm. i think people are going to enjoy in a small way that element of the series the amount of detail that they go into preparing the food you know what i did see that comment you sent me and i did read the manga oh wow <laughs> so i'm not that far in it i'm only maybe a couple of chapters in okay but it definitely was a really promising <laughs> story and uh, that's what actually got me so excited about the series getting an adaptation but I was a little worried about JC staff in the beginning because they're kind of known for iffy animation just doing light novel kind of stuff but it actually looked really good like you were saying the detail in 
both the food porn and the actual porn was actually <laughs> really good. And, you know, it's one of those kind of shows, even though it's like over the top fan service, like absolutely crazy girls going naked for no reason, tentacles mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Like even with that, it's still, I find it a really entertaining show. Mm-hmm. Like I think that like I'm a fan of cooking, as you can probably tell from my food posts. So yeah. I would be happy with just a regular cooking anime. But I I think it's even more fun that they add these kind of crazy, crazy fan service hentai mm-hmm. things with it as well. So yeah. it just kind of really completes the experience and makes it both the, for the love of food and for mm-hmm. the love of boobs at the same time. <laughs> food, boobs in the same anime. Uh, yeah. Sounds fantastic. Uh <laughs> But uh, you mentioned JC staff, and I thought their overall the production, you know, it, I, I don't know how long this episode, this series is going to be. It could be twelve, could be twenty four. There's a hundred chapters, some of the manga out, so there's plenty to adapt and work with. But I thought the production was very good. With uh, you know, the art was pretty good, the character designs were pretty good, and the way they were doing up the music and building up the drama and the excitement of Soma <laughs> cooking. I, I thought that was just really cool how they brought that to life to the series. And that's one thing that I enjoy in this series is Yukihira. He is, he he's, he's this kid that's just brimming with confidence. He's, you see him in the first episode, he loses to his dad and he's zero and 489 against him. But, uh, but that experience is really going to help Yukihira at uh, Totsuki Academy where he's going to come in and be challenged by a lot of these, you know, big time elite rich family uh, people that are getting into cooking. Yeah, that's the exciting part because this is just the beginning. He hasn't even gone up against the super elite student chefs and crazy chef battles yet. Mm-hmm. Like this is just a first episode is just a taste of what's to come. So I'm pretty excited to see how this one continues. Yep, same here. All right, so Overcooled, I'm going to turn it to you next for impressions on uh, is it wrong to try and pick up girls in a dungeon? <laughs> so this show, I feel like, I think everyone's going to make this comparison to Sword Art Online. It's inevitable. Main guy is basically, I'm pretty sure he's going to end up like Kirito with all the girls falling in love with him. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'm going to hope that doesn't happen, that he just stays as he is now. Because he's actually a pretty nice guy. Like, he's just a average guy who's kind of average at fighting in dungeons. And he's trying really hard to be stronger so that he can win over the girl he likes. And that's actually kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. No, he's not like the douchebag lead who just yeah. looks over his shoulder and all the girls fall to his feet. So mm-hmm. I kind of like that aspect of it so far. It's just... Uh, I just have to hope the girls don't end up being too generic. <laughs> yeah, you would you would worry that with his it was his grandpa that gave him that advice that you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's all about picking up girls. That's the best part of dungeon crawling. <laughs> but uh, I I am kind of concerned about that element, the harem potential for the series. Uh, I believe it's a might be a light novel, might be a manga. I'm not certain. But either the way, the title I mean, sounds like a light novel. <laughs> it, it really does. It, yeah, that that's right. It, it, if more than five words, then light <laughs> novel. Um, so I am slightly concerned about that. But I, I think the 
idea of RPG. It's kind of it seems like real life RPG in a way because they don't mention, you know, it's not like in Log Horizon or Sword Art Online where they're saying we're in a video game. It's it's in their own world and you know this mm-hmm. monologue at the beginning from the goddesses kind of sets up the world and you know I kind of wonder exactly like why would you give up? Hey, we want to struggle just like other humans. Uh, it kind of seems weird and uh hestia has you know very uh attractive uh it's kind of a cross between a lolly but she's a goddess so you got to think there's a lot of age there but she wears this ribbon or the strap that (laughs) is wraps around her arms and it goes over the front and i think that the only reason is to make a viable excuse just to push him up yeah, I don't understand her outfit, how mm-hmm. she could have that there without being able, being able to move her arms. And mm-hmm. Well, if that little string can push them up, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the One other thing from the episode is, you know, they're, they're progressing normally for the episode, and then they go to, Belle goes to this restaurant, and they're just feeding him food, and they're going to make him pay for it. And... The uh, Alan Steen, Liz, whatever her name was, very complicated. They I don't they know any rem- of their names. <laughs> they didn't remember it in the episode either, so I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with that. Uh, but they came in, and that drunk guy just went off, you know, talking about it. I thought that kind of seemed like they were really kind of shoehorning that point in to draw the emotion out of Bell to run away. Um, but other than that, I'm somewhat intrigued I, I don't know if this is one that lasts like you know I, I feel confident I'll watch Soma all the way through and some other shows but this one I mm. want to give like a couple more episodes to kind of see see it gather its bearings and see if it can uh, you know show some p- more potential I feel pretty much the same it's one of those shows that's there's nothing really that wrong with it like there's no glaring flare mm-hmm. glaring um Air, isn't it? You know, it'll just be an okay show. There's not. It's just horribly average. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is a, another JC staff show. So both shows relatively looked pretty good. I would say Dungeon, in terms of Sheen, overall Sheen looked a little better than Soma. But but with JC staff, the bit we've talked about on Metanord and such for the years is. You can always tell a difference between the A team and the B team. <laughs> I don't think that's quite the case here. I think both are animated fairly well. Yeah, I think they're getting better at not sucking. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the least we can ask is to not suck. <laughs> All right, so uh, our next show is Plastic Memories, uh, episode one. And this is the low bar for me for anime this season. I've seen a lot of impressions somewhere of people liking it a, a fair bit, but there's one thing, there, there's actually a couple things from this episode. One is a very personal thing where I just, in workplace anime, where you have this anime where it's about people at a job, I can't stand it when you have this new guy, he's perfectly normal, harmless, and everybody else is just completely dismissive of him. They just don't care. They're unnecessarily mean to him they're like oh man i get you know it's like they didn't want him there it's like oh i thought we weren't gonna hire anybody or new or something (laughs) like that and you know he's saying you know he came in on a recommendation and everybody's just like uh 
you don't know about the like oh can't play is it so hard to be nice like i feel like that mm-hmm. especially with the the girl with the orange hair i i felt like it's too character archetypey she's so mean to him yeah. for no reason mm-hmm. and the only t- time she sort of gave in and said you know i'll tell him that you know it wasn't really you said oh just make me look like a bad leader well there's the there's a selfish uh, soon soon girl right there i think she's going to be the most annoying one yeah in the series <laughs> she's gonna and she's gonna be that character where you know some are gonna kind of there might be a little bit of a divide on her character where some people will, eh, you know, will kind of like her and she'll have her moment where she'll kind of go day ray or something. But uh, the other moments in this episode that stood out to me as not very good was the scenes where they had the families saying goodbye to their giftias. They were meant to draw an emotion because they... I don't feel I don't feel like they explained well enough the concept of the giftia, and they kind of talked about that they have a life expectancy of about nine years, and the scenes, the animation is noticeably advanced in those scenes. Like they're drawing the the characters, they're kind of trembling, they're balling up, and you know we see the I believe her name was Nina at the end of the episode she's crying when she's talking to the the grandma characters i felt that those scenes were working a little too hard to to try to try and draw emotion from the viewer yeah i can get that i got that feeling a bit as well it reminded me a bit of um death parade and how i don't know how plastic memory is going to pan out for in the long run but i got the feeling that it's going to be something morbidly depressing happens every week so every week you're going to get one of the giftias being delivered Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to go through that cheerful parting scene that's supposed to tug on your heartstrings and make you cry Mm -hmm. so that can work but i think the reason it doesn't work is because we don't actually know the giftias so we see nina for maybe three minutes before they offer yeah so I think it would work better if they got let us know them a little more, like had an actual character arc, and then we see them be delivered, and then seeing them cry in high mm-hmm. definition, like extra frame rates would be a little more touching. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. I think they could have set it up a little more so we understood it. You had a couple good points. One, I like the idea of if... The show has kind of an episodic theme where each episode is about a different giftia. Then in that case, I feel like you can write better stories and kind of develop the overall along the way. And also not seeing Nina until the last three or so minutes of the episode, if they had not gone so much to the work crew and show them all the time and and instead of that and instead of showing it and i guess it was supposed to be like a dramatic sense that the grandma kept saying no 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 go away <laughs> and and uh, the gift to girl i'm for- forgetting her name was bringing just like all kinds of goodies and candies and stuff uh isla isla yeah but yeah i think it might work if it was in a 
if it was in a format like that. Because I, I think Plastic Memories has a lot of promise because the concept is, I think it's really interesting, like robots that only live mm-hmm. nine years for whatever reason. And then after that, they're, they're, I mean, they're perfectly fine functionally. It's just their memories and their personality decline. So it's almost like a, almost like an assisted suicide type thing. Like, you know, their life is going to be miserable after that. So you just kind of do them a courtesy thing and get rid of them. I think that's a really cool concept. And I hope future episodes deliver on that a little better. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to admit, like, it was the one show that I liked the least from this season so far but but after kind of discussing it I feel like I, I can see potential now for for better progress I still think the first episode wasn't very good and I'm still kind of concerned about the characters like the main character I mean his design I mean we've seen that guy <laughs> hundreds of times yeah the every lead yeah all right so our fourth and final episode up for uh, discussion is a uh, seraph of the end episode one mm-hmm. so this manga was suggested to me by blackbriar in the comments so thanks for that vampires uh, of course <laughs> vampires of course so i decided to give it a shot and it was actually pretty good the first episode stayed pretty much exactly the same as the manga chapter so it was pretty neat to see it animated since i had only just read the chapter so it was still fresh in my mind Mm -hmm. so uh, i thought it was pretty good it set up the whole situation of the apocalypse pretty well and it kind of tied the story together really neatly within one like compact package so it has introduces the orphans you have your friends they fight in the beginning and then just as they become friends in one happy family, they all die except for one. Yeah. Or is it just one? <laughs> yeah, I don't think the blonde one is going to die forever. He looks too much like a main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have not read the manga, although I've had plenty of opportunities to from you know subscribing to Weekly Jump and seeing it in the digital magazine. But, uh, but what studio did... A really nice job with the production they're mm-hmm. you know they've of course they're split from production ig and they worked on attack on titan so we already know of the potential for what they have but they really did a nice job with the overall production like some of the dramatic scenes in that episode were very good and the the animation style were very good and I always love how when they end episodes the way they do and to to not just throw in the opening theme song that's going to be there kind of kind of leave it with a nice calming sort of music piece that's kind of you know putting in a little bit of anticipation of oh what's going to happen um how many manga chapters is this um i think it's fairly short i think it's at around 50 right now actually yeah so um it's fairly recent-ish. Okay, yeah, because it's already been determined on my anime list that the series is going to be 12 episodes. So I'm kind of curious, like, how much do they adapt? What kind of route do they go with the story? Do they have plans or any hopes of it right now to continue for another season sometime sooner? Mm. Actually, I sorry, I just double-checked. It's 31 chapters as of now, so it's not even that long. 
Yeah, and I think the release of that is not as frequent as most manga releases. Like, it might be a monthly thing. Um, I'm tr- I am not sure, actually, because the updates on the site are very uh, sporadic. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I, I enjoyed uh, Awari no Seraph quite a bit, and I'm looking forward to more. I'm not going to read the manga now, uh, at least until the end of the series. Yeah, I think the anime is doing a really good job of adapting it. So, yeah, I think, and it's a pretty very faithful adaptation. So, I think you could easily pick one and stick with that one. All right, it's good to know. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to move on from episode discussions to our uh, discussion topic, which is sort of editorial esque in a way, as I mentioned at the top of the show. And this week, I feel like it's appropriate with the spring season debuting and we're watching a lot of these first episodes of anime some of them we know like you know uh overcooled read the serif manga uh both her and i have read shokugeki no soma so those are the those are the things that we're looking forward to but all, all in all what do we value in our anime you know there's a lot of shows like you know plastic memories we didn't know about dungeon we didn't know about so we're watching these shows we're kind of interested sometimes you you kind of feel like oh you know i want to watch them all kind of sample a little bit so what is it that we value when we watch anime what what makes us keep watching that anime i I think uh there's a lot of people that have certain fandoms like uh say you fan fan boyism uh which kyokai is very much on board with he sees so much of her in the spring previews or season previews talking about the voice actors that are going to be working on shows. The Sakuga one, that's really crazy. You see people talking about which animator did a certain cut of an episode. Like, they get really deep into it. And uh, mm-hmm. and besides, like, uh, overall production, because I feel like that's something everybody could say. Everybody wants the whole thing to come together well. But, uh, but for me, I kind of feel like... Um, having a good having good characters sets up a a very nice base for the series because if you have interesting characters in your series and you develop them well you could most likely put them in any any setting and they'll remain interesting for uh, the series that you're adapting I feel like because they're the ones that you know for especially because anime can be so dialogue heavy. Um, You need to have them be interesting. And I think that's a little bit of the problem that I mentioned with Plastic Memories at the start is that I didn't really like those characters. Mm, Exactly. And I think that's the basis for Slice of Life shows where Mm -hmm. nothing happens. There's zero plot, essentially. It's all almost 100% on the characters being interesting or the characters being cute. So characters can definitely be, can completely carry a show all the way to yeah. the end. Because they have a, there's a level of, of likability and even in the written sense, believability to the characters and the situations and troubles that they face. And and I think if you you start to fall into character archetypes where, you know, that's what 
a lot of visual novels basically are. It's a lot of what harem series are basically are that you have characters filling those roles sometime in, in, in those series where story isn't exactly as valuable as other elements of the series. Like, you know, we're talking about etchy shows. Obviously, they're looking to censor stuff on TV and then sell that on the Blu-ray. So that's the, the draw of those series. But, but I think... Uh, you know, having solid characters that don't feel like they're very written. I, I kind of like it when they, when it seems like they come to life. Absolutely. I, I really like having strong characters too, but I find that's hard to tell just from, say, looking at a preview. Mm-hmm. So, example, if we're looking at shows to watch based on the season preview, so we can kind of see it while we're writing it, um, I find I mostly go for plot. Mm-hmm. So if I just read the, when I read the summary, I see if it's something I'm interested in. So I find um, if anything is horror or sci-fi, because those are generally so rare, as soon as I see those genres, I like immediately jump on it and I know that's something I really want to see. Mm-hmm. It may not end up being good, but I find that I my first... Um, decision for what to watch and what I generally like mm-hmm. I go for the plot description if it's an interesting concept yeah so we talked about a couple manga adaptations and I'm curious to know your thought about the idea of faithfulness to the source content because obviously it's something that we see you practiced differently by studios when they're working on these anime, like, you know, they did, they did this thing different, they mod- told this part differently, or in the case of a show like Al No Exorcist, where they went for an anime original ending, that was the option that they took. Because I'm kind of feeling like that's not quite as important anymore. Um, because the show Jormungand was very faithful to the manga and because of that i think when you see that the ending to jordan gone which i did not think was very good you kind of fall in the trap of just basically doing the exact same thing that the manga did and that also the anime is more supplemental to the enjoyment of the series because it was adapted from the manga first. So the anime doesn't need to be incredibly faithful. You, you want it to follow the the concept of it, but I'm starting to feel like the idea of being faithful to the source content is, is a little bit overrated these days. Yeah, I find that I agree in the overratedness. I think fans get angry when it doesn't match the source material, mm-hmm. which is a little much because... It doesn't really matter if they're faithful or not. Although I do think that anime is a completely different medium than manga. It's moving. Things are moving. It's not static pictures. And there are so many ways you could improve on the manga Mm -hmm. and change things that are more suitable to anime. So I think things like that, if you can try to improve things, you know, cut down material that seems slow in the pace of anime because in manga you can just flip through and speed read mm-hmm. so sometimes you need to have some changes and i think fans should not 
get as angry as they do when things change just a little bit or if stuff is cut. Mm-hmm. I do think that about uh, Soma, actually, because they go into very vivid detail about the kind of food that they make. And it can take a, a couple pages worth of manga for them to get out the full, you know, I use this many uh, pieces of meat or something like that. And I <laughs> stirred it exactly this way and for exactly two minutes. And they get very detailed that some of that might be lost. And um, that that's a case where I feel like, uh, you know, it's not a big deal if they you know summarize that stuff a bit yeah they can clearly just show that in one one screen and just have kind of like what they did in the the first episode they just had arrows pointing to the food mm-hmm. saying what it was yeah um is there anything else that you you value when you're watching anime that you're looking to check out and watch um yeah so we were talking about things like sakuga fanboys and girls and seiyu fans um I find that if I see anything that's animated by Shaft, I know that I really want to go check that out, even if the plot is completely terrible. Mm. I just, I like the way Shaft does things. There are Shaft head tilts and there. Yeah. Crazy architecture in the background. and mm-hmm. So in that way, it's kind of like a, a bias thing, where as soon as I see the name Shaft, I will go for it and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can you can dig a little deeper with that into directors. Like, I love it when you have a show by a director. Like, I'll use the example with Ping Pong. Masaki Yuasa directed that series, and mm-hmm. his style is can be very obviously seen in the show. It's not exactly a pleasant style. It's not a, exactly a typical style in anime, but I really love how... Uh, Space Dandy is another great example because the director changed every episode and uh, Watanabe was basically a general director overwatching all of these young and veteran anime directors come in and do their work. I love when you can kind of see a specific style sort of uh, be emanated in the series and Shaft does that very well because with Nisei Koi, I've read the manga for a while, and the way the things that Shaft has done with Nisei Koi really does feel like its own series in a way. Of course, they're adapting source content, but you know the various head tilts and a lot of the style that they use to really do. Uh, like I feel like Shaft does so much more with the the visuals in the backgrounds than than the manga does. Mm-hmm. they really make it their own and you can tell it's by them so if you just watched a bunch of shows and if no one told you who directed them mm-hmm. you'd be able to tell which was the show that Shaft directed right away mm-hmm. uh, is there any fandom that you would say you subscribe to uh, yeah kind of I guess in terms of um, again Shaft and then certain directors that I just really like like I really like Anything by Ikuhara, the guy who did Utena and Yurikuma, and anything by Kenji Nakamura, so the guy who did Trapeze and Suritama. Yeah. So those are, I feel like I can't dislike anything that they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, a, I have kind of a similar one where I see names of directors and such, and Urobochi Gen is, is one of those too because I really liked 
Madoka Magica. I liked the first season of Psycho Pass, and I went and checked out some of his past series like Phantom and such, and mm. obviously it got me excited for the uh, Gargantia and all Noah Zero, even though knowing that he was only going to stick around for the early episodes of those series, and then you know I stuck with him, and you know Gargantia was it was okay, and all Noah I was kind of glad it was over. It was kind of a mess in season two. Yeah, it. I stuck with them too because I like Urubuchi Jen as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I would really wish he would stick with the shows that he starts as well. Yeah, same Just here. Just follow to the end. Mm-hmm. He, I think he, maybe during that time, I think he was working on that movie Expelled from Paradise. Oh, right. Yeah, I which, haven't seen that yet. Have you seen that? No, I have not. Uh, general reviews I've read say it's okay. Nothing really stands out like his other works. So, uh... Ah, it's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you gotta... Maybe you gotta give up on that fandom because his pattern isn't very good currently. <laughs> yeah, he has a bad track record right now. <laughs> yeah. But I think as for me, uh, One Piece is... You know, that's just a series, but, I mean, it's a series that I've... I feel like I've reached a point where I just love it unconditionally, where I just read every chapter. I'm so, oh, it's good. It, it's like, I feel like there's a, it's, you, we mentioned comfort anime so much on the podcast of like slice of life shows where I feel like that's a show that I can just watch and like, I'm not, you know, with Soma and Dungeon and Memories and Seraph, you know, we're kind of looking at them a little bit uh, objectively. Whereas that, I just, whenever I watch a One Piece episode or read a chapter, I'm just like, oh, this is fun. Because it's just a fun manga that I don't have to take seriously, and it's just fun. It's your healing anime. It is. It is. Because it's very easy watching and reading. That's good. Everyone should have a go-to chill anime. Mm-hmm. All right, and that has been our discussion, and thus uh, Metaverse 54, our first of the spring season. Overcooled, thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having me. Being my, my test subject here for this format. <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've retooled Metaverse a number of times ever since I joined. Uh, it's like about, it must be like three years ago that I joined how you've been here a long time. Yeah, and you've been here like four years or so? Yeah, f- at least four years. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, we're, we're getting old. I mean, you we're going to be bringing in some of these uh, new members hopefully soon, and, you know, we'll be like uh, four years their senpai. Yeah, we're super veterans. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, we're just going to be old folk to them. <laughs> the ancient ones. <laughs> All right, so Overcooled, what shows are you going to be blogging for the site this season? All right, so I'm going to be blogging all of the ridiculous shows. I'm going to be blogging JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, mm-hmm. the continuation, and Shokugeki no Soma, so the cooking anime we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious for JoJo because they're getting so close to Dio. I know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that just didn't watch and they're just gonna wait till they see me post with a screen cap of Dio and like all right I'm gonna start watching now <laughs> yep could have gotten away with it uh last week I think you did post one of uh Dio's uh abs 
Yeah, something. there was yeah. one of Dio last week, but he was only there for a little bit. Yeah. Just got to wait a bit more. <laughs> Salvarudo. Looking forward to, to seeing exactly what his power is. All right, so, listener, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Overcool. I'm Jero. We will see you next time on the Metaverse Podcast. Bye-bye. Show fight to